For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. With your hosts Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert, the hype train filling in for Paige. Jamie Eisner, Jake Arians here with me. Guys, it is a waiver wire Tuesday. We got to go through some of the potential names that you could be picking up this week as we are in the thick of the fantasy football playoffs. We'll go through Jamie's rankings and a quick preview of Thursday Night Football. But guys, I feel like if we're doing a fantasy football show, we got to talk about all of the points that were scored in the Monday night football game last night. We got to discuss it at least a little bit here off the top. We were talking about it in our pre-show meeting, Jake. What a performance from both Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield. They put up uh, two exceptional performances, the superhero efforts of Lamar Jackson. It was a fun football game to watch last night. It broke records for rushing touchdowns. And then there was what three passing touchdowns in that one. Baker has a touchdown on fourth down. Lamar comes in like freaking Superman off the bench after getting like eight IVs hasn't played in 30 minutes, rolls out to his right, hits Marquise Brown for a touchdown on fourth down. Unbelievable back and forth. I mean, the, the Browns are not the same old Browns. That's for damn sure. But you take a desperate team built like an organization like Baltimore with a superstar at quarterback and you see what happens. We had the, probably the game of the year. But my God, I mean, fantasy, blow your mind. Chubb, Hunt, Baker, Lamar, kind of everybody was was involved. Andrews was back involved at the tight end position. I mean, it was a hell of a lot of fun to watch. And from a fantasy point of view, on the last night of the week on Monday Night Football, man, that was like swinging a bunch of playoff games. Jamie, Lamar finishes QB1 in fantasy points this week. Baker, QB3. Uh, that's, uh, that's a pretty nice way to end the week if you're a, if you're a football fan. Uh, it absolutely is, and maybe it was a nice way to get to the semifinals if you were playing the Baltimore Ravens defense on that final play. Uh, I bet you as much as we talked about the betting markets and that swinging a lot of bets uh, with that safety to end the game, I bet you there were some people that won their fantasy matchup with those extra two points by playing that Ravens defense. So uh, that's going to be uh, – this is such a wild game. That was, that was everything fun about the NFL and a lot of different sequences in that same event. You had drama, you had – inner game storylines you had the you know the, still the big brother little brother dynamic that we talked about on the show with you know now the ravens are 22 and 4 against the browns in their last 26 games uh you know you had baker response you had you know lamar leaving and coming back you had hollywood brown remembering how he can catch a football for the first time in about three hours there when he makes the play it was just remarkable across the board 
the last two big Monday Monday night games that come to mind are this one and then that Chiefs Rams game from a, what about two years ago that yeah, was just... supposed to be in Mexico City and they ended up playing in L.A. and it yeah. was like fifty six fifty five or whatever it was that yeah. one was probably better than this because it was like Jared Goff's he'd been unbelievable all year and then wasn't the same after that even though they went to the Super Bowl but yeah I mean this was it was just so special because it was the Browns and they had fans like the limited fans that were there sounded like piped in crowd noise. Like mm-hmm. it sounded like a freaking football game at home. And it takes the Brownies, man, the Brownies being excited and then not going away. What, I mean, what just what a game. And Jamie, I'm glad you brought up that freaking two point cover. Like you and I push for the week, which would have been great. Okay. We'll no. finish on this crap, but then like what I, I don't know. You're the 30 or 25 yard line and that's, you end up having a safety. The second time it's happened this year, by the way. Like, I forgot what the other game was, but the second time this year where a team went either from a push or whatever to a cover uh, on a last second. By the way, it wasn't like they started that drive at the 10 either. Like, no. that, that sequence to get – I think it was Rashard Higgins that was the first one started to get inside the 10, and I went – that's when, it, like, then- the light flashed for me. I went, oh, God, they're going to get a safety. It's just because yeah. you, you know it, because you just know it's going to happen. A um, lot of people on the Browns, and you said that line moved yep. significantly for that reason. So the money came in on the Browns. They'd all been happy to walk away with a wash and a push, but uh-huh. no, 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 no. Books won it again. Books won the oh, night man. again with that. The last time, and that's that's a that's as a bad a beat as you can get because it doesn't feel like it's a football play. You know, whether it beats you in fantasy, whether that beats you in gambling, uh, because again, we haven't, uh, the gambling stuff takes precedent. I guarantee you, there are a few people sitting out there in the world that lost or won a fantasy matchup with those extra two points at the, on the last second. It's just such a bad beat because it doesn't feel like a football play. You no. know, yeah. if a team comes back and like hit, like hits a Hail Mary, even you go, it's unlikely, but it's a football play. This lateral, 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 we don't care. We're already going to lose, throw it out of the end zone. It's just like, come on. So that is how week 14 ended, but now we transition into week 15. And guys, let's go through some of the potential waiver wire pickups this week at some of the key positions. We'll start with quarterbacks like we always do. Jake, I'll start here with you with this quarterback. He's already been announced as the starter for this week. Looks like he's going to be the starter the rest of the way. Impressed in his first start at quarterback. Jalen Hurts, are you picking him up this week? I don't think so. I mean, I know he had a decent day and the numbers were pretty good and he ran it all over the place, but he put that on tape. That's not a sustainable way to play unless you're Lamar Jackson and he's not Lamar Jackson. Now he's got some weapons and he throws it. Okay. But this Cardinals defense has been playing good. They have speed at linebacker. They have speed at safety. I just don't like the ability with Buda Baker and Isaiah Simmons to be able to run that down. Now that you've put that on tape. And I think, I think you have to defend them differently this week. You're going to stop the run and you're going to spy him. And if he beats you with his arm, he beats you with his arm. I don't think he can beat Kyler and that offense with his arm with enough. So I don't think so. I think, I think it comes back to earth significantly on the numbers. Cause I don't think there's any way he's running for 125 yards and, and what two touchdowns, whatever it was. Yeah. I'm going to have him either QB 15 or 16 this week, which again, if you're in a super flex league, that's relevant to you just because even if he only rushes for 50, 60 yards, that's, that's enough. I mean, that's a touchdown and a half passing. I mean, the way I think he'll do that. Yeah. I think so, he'll definitely do that. Uh, so I think he's worthy in a super flex scenario, or if you're just in a really bad way for some reason uh, at QB one, but for most of you in 10 or 12 teams, single quarterback leagues, uh, he's interesting, but he's not somebody I think you need to throw into your lineup right away. Like to me, like guys that I would start over him, for example, that might be pretty widely available. Jared Goff gets the jets this week, Phillip rivers against Houston. 
Uh, I mean, those are two guys that come off top of my mind. For me, I have Hurts kind of in this. It's like him, Derek Carr, Mitchell Trubisky kind of spot of like the matchups. You like Hurts' ability to run the ball and just just give you that high floor at the quarterback spot. But I don't think he's a must add. Jamie, it's like you know where the show is going because the next quarterback up on the list is one of the guys you just mentioned, Mitchell Trubisky, coming off of that three-touchdown performance against Houston. It feels like you're going to treat him very similarly to the way that you – everything you said about Jalen Hurts, but Mitchell Trubisky this week. Yeah, in that same glut, you know, uh, of guys. It's like Hurts, Carr, Trubisky, Taysom Hill. I mean, I think they're all kind of in that same spot for me where – I'm not going to feel comfortable starting them in the semifinals in a single QB league, but I think there's a – outside chance they could be borderline top 12 options um it's a good matchup i know minnesota secondary has been playing a little bit better overall lately but i i still i still think they lack the current talent right now to get there i'm gonna say the polished talent to get there i like some of the young guys they have in the secondary but just in future seasons not right now uh he's an okay option uh, again if, if you're looking for more of like cheap dfs plays i think this is where if you want to go cheap at the quarter or cheaper at the quarterback position this is maybe somebody you could tackle but in full season redraft leagues and a single quarterback i just think it's too risky to start these guys yeah i agree i mean like, i don't think you can count on three touchdowns again i love the fact that his chemistry with Allen robinson means Allen robinson is a phenomenal play this week uh but i wouldn't touch it i mean i i think you're going upside the chance of Hertz giving you those 60 yards rushing and a touchdown is probably better than Mitch throwing three touchdowns again to the running back position we go and guys the injuries to the running back room in Miami uh, saw Lynn Bowden Jr. have a pretty good game catching the ball out of the backfield seven catches for 82 yards on nine targets I wonder what your guys's thoughts are on Lynn Bowden in PPR leagues Jake I'll start with you here I like it because they're that desperate. And I think you're lucky that you get that running back slash receiver designation here. I'm going to remind you of what happened the last time a rookie quarterback played Belichick. It was not that long ago, 45 to nothing. Uh, but they're going to have to do something. I think they're, they're not going to be able to run it. Belichick's going to take something away. Uh, so I like the ability to have some targets there. If you're that desperate like they are to play him, I love the fact that you get that designation because the running back position is more decimated than maybe it's been all year and you're lucky to get that so it's okay if you're that desperate or it's a really deep league then I think he's definitely playable but remember what happened last time Belichick played a rookie quarterback now you're not talking about the game you're talking about fantasy so I think as long as you have yeah I think he had nine targets and he Mm -hmm. caught seven balls something like that I mean that's that's a hell of a day You, you can live with that I'm intrigued um, right now. So I ranked him on both my running backs and wide receivers list. And he comes in at, at running back 34 and wide receiver 54 for me, uh, which kind of is evidence of what we've talked about all year of how many receivers that you're going to rank over some of these guys. Uh, I can't really see you putting him in a flex. I just think you're going to have wide receivers. You like more in that spot. If you're that desperate at RB two and you're just like, I, I got to throw somebody out there. Sure. Um, I think he's worth adding. Uh, and seeing, you know, maybe if his role continues to be like this, that he could be somebody that sneaks into flex territory in the fantasy championship game. But uh, I, he's worth adding. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to plug him into my lineup right away, though. And I, think I will Jay- say he's extremely dynamic in space. And yes. he played quarterback mm-hmm. in college enough that he should really get the nuances of if they're playing man, they're playing zone, and be able to help Tua out there, even though they haven't played a, a ton together that little bit of a nuance of playing quarterback and being that explosive in space. I mean, that's a different kind of, you know, dynamic playmaker than most teams have could lead you to some decent upside. So I'm like, if you're that desperate and you're going to play, I mean, you could look for that. And I'll add to that, Jamie, to your point that 
we're still we still need to see what this looks like, right? DeAndre Washington led the way in touches. Bowden got more of the the, the targets out of the backfield. So it'll be interesting to see if that continues. And I, I like what you said there about, yeah, he's an intriguing ad, but you don't know necessarily if he's going to make it into your starting lineup. One more running back to discuss here, gentlemen, and we'll go to the Cincinnati uh, running back room. Travion Williams, uh, 49 yards on 12 rushes, got three receptions for 14 yards and a loss. And the reason why I wanted to bring him up was because Williams led the team in touches, not Giovanni Bernard or Samaj P. Ryan. So when you look at this Cincinnati running back room, Jake, how do you how do you look at it? How do you value the three guys that could potentially get I don't. these touches? Okay, there you go. I don't look at the Cincinnati running back room. There is zero zero chance that you should be looking at this to play. You're not that desperate. Like Bowden is a much better play than anything you you know what's going on in Cincinnati, regardless of who they're playing. By the way, they're playing the Steelers' defense, who killed them a couple weeks ago. Uh, I don't look. I, I'm not looking. I, I'm off Geo, as Jamie said, he's droppable, and I like the player enough, but I hate the situation, and I really hate how desperate the Steelers are, and they're going to want to prove a point on national TV. I'm not looking at anybody in the Cincinnati backfield. Yeah, if you're in a redraft league, you do not need to have any Cincinnati Bengal running back on your roster. Period. Just end of story. None of them are playable this week. Uh, I still, if, if I had, again, I still, I, I'm not ready to say they like Travion Williams and he's somebody that might be a factor in their future plans, but I don't think they've given up on Gio Bernard. He just fumbled on his first snap and they, they sat him down for a while. So uh, I just, you don't need any of these guys. Like you don't need to have any Cincinnati Bengals running back on your roster. Don't, uh, don't speak too uh, too positively about the Cincinnati running back room, guys. Don't all don't all jump at once there. Uh, Ain't okay. nothing's positive to say about Cincinnati. Period, bro. This is this is simple. You it's it's Tyler Boyd and T Higgins as potential second flexes, and that's it. That that is the although the only Bengals I know AJ Green had a decent game. Don't care. Those are the only Bengals that are fantasy relevant for the rest of the season. I I think the way I would describe it is when I was watching the Monday night football game and they were previewing next Monday night's game, they had the banners to to preview the two teams and it was big Ben on one side and it was Tyler Boyd on the other, just to show you where Cincinnati is at in terms of star power. uh, By the way, let's talk about this for a just Tyler Boyd's a freaking stud and he deserves that, but you're right. Uh, look, so uh, by the way, FYI for everybody out there in the fantasy leagues, there's, uh, we have a Thursday and two Saturday games this week. So keep that in mind when you're setting your lineups. Don't, don't get caught coming on on Saturday night and going, wait, there are NFL games today. And you're having guys on your bench or guys in your lineup that you didn't want to have. Uh, but look, with all due respect to the Steelers, and, and you can't move anything out of Monday night. I get it. But the fact that the Browns and Giants are the Sunday night game this week and Chief Saints is not abysmal. It's abysmal decision making. All right. Are we Paul. really going to get on the NFL's decision making right now? Yeah. Great. Like, Thanks, Jamie. Now we're going to go off not, on a tangent for 20 minutes. Long. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. I'm not touching it because we don't have till like Saturday morning to keep talking about the decision making of the NFL, who I've praised this year for most of their handling of COVID. But my God, the list is way too long to get into. Let's transition now to the wide receiver position. And guys, let's talk about a Houston wide receiver. And this is a sentence that I think only 2020 could make me utter. Let's talk about Chad Hansen, wide receiver uh, for the Houston Texans, who, let me check his stats here, seven targets for the second straight game. He goes seven for 56 uh, against Chicago the week prior, five catches for 101 yards. Jamie, Chad Hansen, your thoughts. I mean, he got ranked for me. I mean, he's my wide receiver 57, but uh, is he worth a spot on your bench? If it's deep enough, maybe, but this is not a great matchup for it against Indianapolis. Brandon Cooks is going to be back, it looks like, this week. He's going to be involved, but, like, if you just desperately need four for 47, 
then I think he can probably get that for you. But I don't think there's any upside here whatsoever. Like to me, it's like the difference here is, is the upside of guys like Rashard Higgins or Michael Pittman Jr. Or, you know, even Darnell Mooney or even Danny Amendola, if Stafford plays, which we don't know if he's going to, I, I would much rather lean to all of those guys in there over a guy like Hanson, who, you know, you know, he'll get you probably six, seven, eight fantasy points, but he's got a bad matchup and there's really no upside. Like I, eh, that's what I feel. Just eh, with Chad Hanson. Yeah. And he had 15 points against him two weeks ago, had a solid week against, like, so he's had, he's played well against these matchups the last couple of weeks since really good defenses. But yeah, I mean, I, those, that's because everybody else was out. I mean, Jamie and I would not have picked Houston if we knew every receiver and their top running back were not going to yeah. play on Sunday and they get dusted. Um, no, I, I, I mean, it's you got to be really desperate. I, I agree with everything Jamie said there. Our next guy on the list, a guy that has scored a touchdown in four of his last five games, including three in a row, and maybe he is starting to break out there in Buffalo. Everybody talks about Stefan Diggs, but Jake Gabriel Davis. Look, he's played a ton of snaps with John Brown out. He leads them in touchdowns. Uh, looks like he drops it occasionally. He doesn't catch it real clean, but he's big. Uh, he looks like he's got chemistry with the quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, that's one that at least has some upside. That's the polar opposite of Hanson we were just talking about. You want to get four for 47, you could probably do that. He could get you three for 110 and a touchdown or more. Uh, I like the matchup. I, I, it doesn't really matter the matchup if he's playing that many snaps in John Brown's place, the way that they throw it. They don't run it that great. Josh Allen seems to like him. So, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, he's worth having on your team. I think he should be in that second flex consideration for you. Uh, he's been good at different points all season when John Brown has missed time, when he gets to be that that number, I guess, number three receiver. You can have Cole Beasley there as well. But they're throwing the ball a ton. They don't want to run. They don't try to run. They're never going to try to run. So there's going to be plenty of volume there for guys like Gabriel Davis to have success. And he's a huge part of what they're going to be doing going forward. So uh, I, I would be excited to add him. Again, I don't. It's just between adding and then throwing him in right away. I still think you're going to have some other better options if you're only in like a two receiver, one flex type of a league, but he's somebody that should be on your radar in that second flex discussion. The last part of our waiver wire discussion, we will go to the tight end position and guys, no Kyle Rudolph in Minnesota last week, Irv Smith jr. He gets the call four catches, 63 yards and a touchdown. Jamie, your feelings on Irv Smith Jr. We still don't know Kyle Rudolph with that foot injury, what his status is going to be. You're giving me a face like you're not that intrigued, so go ahead. It's just that, like, he's been all over the place. Like, he has, he's had these two touchdown games before. We've seen him have those kind of efforts and then come back and get you one catch for three yards. I just, you know, I ranked him as my tight end 20 this week. I don't, I don't see how you have any sort of confidence in knowing uh, when he's going to have a performance and when he's not. It's not like he's getting a consistent target share every single week, week in and week out. Uh, I mean, look, if if you're desperate, um, but to me, like, there's the guy I would much rather have at the tight end spot. If I'm going to take a flyer in that matchup, it's going to take a flyer on Cole Komet. Like, if I'm going to take a flyer on one of those two guys. Yeah, I'll agree. We'll talk about the next two guys. I, I think there's a much more of an upside there. Irv Smith had a really good second half. The Vikings didn't throw to a receiver for a quarter and a half of the second half, all based off what Todd Bowles did on defense. It was fullback, tight end, fullback, tight end, back and forth. There was the entire offense for a while there. They didn't really nothing with it, and that's the only reason why Irv Smith Jr. had such a big day last week, and we're talking about him now. Komet's a bigger option here. He looks to really be becoming part of the offense. He has some chemistry with Mitchell Trubisky. The only problem is they still go in the red zone to the other guy. Jimmy Graham's still the thing in the red zone, so – that could hurt you, but I think he still has more upside than Irv Smith Jr. does. 
All right. You guys brought him up. We'll talk about him. Cole Komet is our last tight end for the waiver wire pickups this week. And guys, I think the note I want to make here is after not having a game with more than three targets up until uh, the last two weeks, he's gotten seven targets in each of the last two games, which Jake, you're to your point is showing he's becoming more involved uh, in the offense, five catches for 37 yards against Detroit. And then this week, four catches for 41 yards. Jamie, you say you like this uh, more than Irv Smith. But are you still adding Cole Komet this week? If you need a tight end, yes. He's my tight end 16. Um, look, he's out snapped Jimmy Graham four weeks in a row now. Should have had even a bigger game last week. I mean, he's, he's wide open on a touchdown that Trubisky just gets hit and misses on. Uh, but if he had like a little bit more time, had a, a shade of a second uh, more time, that's a touchdown for, for Cole Komet. And he becomes probably the hottest tight end waiver pickup over the week. So, I mean, there's a razor thin margin between everybody picking him up and him being ignored there. Uh, again, biggest thing to me, more involved in the offense, both in terms of snaps, both in terms of targets and in terms of catches. Uh, if you're going to take a shot on one of these guys that aren't like more the more proven tight ends that you had the options to get now, which, you know, the, the Tunyons, the fans, the Logan Thomases, those sort of players. If you're going outside of that category now, I think Cole Komet's in that the conversation. Like I, I have him over Jared Cook and Irv Smith and Dalton Schultz and Tyler Higby and some of those other guys there. I think Cole Komet's worth that shot there if you need some tight end help this week. He's a real tight end. Like Jimmy Graham does nothing between the 20s. He's not even into block anymore. That's why he's getting so many more uh, targets and, and play percentage. But Jimmy Graham's still the tight end, the tight end touchdown poacher in the red zone. Like that's the yeah. issue that scares me to play him. But seven targets, you got to love. I mean, if you can get 10, 11 points out of your tight end position, you're happy as hell. So there you have it, the waiver wire pickups for this week. Uh, Jamie, we do it every Tuesday here. Your rankings out on the draftnetwork.com. Uh, your highlights, maybe lowlights from those rankings uh, brought to you by Manscaped. Yes, brought to you by Manscaped. Are you looking for the ultimate stocking stuffers for this holiday season? Then look no further because our sponsors, Manscaped, have the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products. And for those of you that are listening to us across Europe, Canada, or Australia, they've just released their products there too. So it's not just U.S. only anymore. Uh, a few of the great potential stocking stuffers for you. And by the way, what's it, the 15th now? 10 days. Mm -hmm. You got 10 days to Christmas, and you got a Christmas football game. So you need to make sure all this stuff is ready so you can settle in because the fantasy championship is going to start for everybody on Christmas Day. So you got to make sure you're locked in. You're not worried about where gifts are. Manscaped can help you with that. How about the crop preserver, the uh, anti-chafing ball deodorant? The name speaks for itself. We've talked about this on the show a ton. The crop reviver ball toner, a spray-on toner that will give your balls a little slice of heaven, whether aloe vera and hazel extract. Make sure you let it air dry. Make sure, yes. Spritz and air dry, as we tell you on the show. Uh, the crop cleanser body wash, the crop mop ball wipes, because you never know when the opportunity is going to strike. The foot duster foot deodorant. The Shears 2.0, a luxury four-piece nail kit. The Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer with skin-safe technology. All of these extra benefits, even more than one of the ones we've been talking about on the show prior. And, of course, the one and only, the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology so you won't cut your nuts. You can get all of these products, any combination of them, stocking stuffers, or you know what? Get them for yourself. Treat yourself this holiday season. Maybe treat yourself for a fantasy championship or treat yourself because you're not going to have a chance to compete for one. Either way, you can save 20% off and get free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code 
TDN, whether this is for you, your partner, your dad, brother, friend, coworker, you need to send it to Chris, whatever it might be, get 20% off and get free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code TDN. It took you very long into the show to make fun of me in any capacity. So I, I wasn't sure that was necessarily making fun of you. You were taking a shot. You were taking a shot at me. That's fine. I mean, I'm just saying they should send you a product, yeah. Chris. Okay. Manscaped, I think Hank the, the intern would know that. Say, I think Hank the intern would know that was not a shot. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code TDN. Jamie, where do you want to start with your rankings this week? Well, let's start with a running back who is has just vaulted himself all the way into, I think, RB1 consideration this week against the New York Jets, and that's Cam Akers. Uh, I haven't ranked as my RB12. 50 carries over the last two weeks. I think it's clear now that he is going to be the lead back in the Rams backfield, at least for the foreseeable future. He gets the Jets where I can't imagine the Rams have any trouble with the Jets and they should be running the ball early, often, and late as well. I have missed my RB12 this week. I think he's going to be a really, really sneaky, I guess not sneaky, but a really good play and somebody that you haven't been able to use much all year that could have a major impact on you getting to your fantasy championship game. Love him. They loved him early in the year. You talked about how much the, the coaches raved about him, and then he just dealt with injuries all year. Obviously healthy now, and man, is he explosive. He looks phenomenal in the open field, runs it tough. I absolutely love that one, Jamie. Another one that I have, this is go negative here, unfortunately, and that's Matt Ryan. Uh, he's going to be playing a team that you know very well, Jake, and I have him down at QB 22. Uh, we talked a little bit about this on our Sunday show. He hasn't even been a top 25 quarterback over the last month of the season. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Uh, he hasn't had good games with Julio Jones, without Julio Jones. It's not simply that sort of a matter. I don't know what's going on right now. Matt Ryan always used to be win or loss for the actual Falcons always used to be like that very steady bottom part of the top 10. You know, he's going to be QB eight to QB 14 every single week. You know what you're going to get from him. He's not that player at all anymore. I don't think he's startable. And I think even in two QB leagues, you might be a little bit worried about starting him. Especially at home. You could always count on him, right? Like if this was in a windy Tampa this week, instead of being at home, you'd be like, okay, maybe not. But at home, you could always count on him. I love what I saw from the Tampa defense as far as this too deep, keep everything underneath. Let's take the receivers away. And if you think you're going to beat us with your tight ends, fine. Atlanta doesn't even try to run the ball, much less run it like Minnesota does. So I think it's a horrible matchup for Matt Ryan, who's thrown a bunch of picks the last few weeks. Would you say the other night, Chris, he's had less than 11 points for like three or four weeks in a row, something like that? Their kicker has outscored the rest of their team, and it's not even close for like six weeks. By the way, they've been a whole lot better in that stretch than they were earlier in the year. I'm glad you brought up Young Waku for a quick second because the fantasy community needs to adjust. Since he took over last season as the Falcons' lead kicker, he is far and away the number one fantasy kicker. From that point on to right this very second. I I, I, I love Justin Tucker with I, all of my heart. You can't do this on a day, on the day after but Justin Tucker makes a fantastic kick, James. Justin you can't Tucker's do this. a great player, but he hasn't been We're a good fantasy player We're not talking talent. This year. We're talking fantasy. Oh, yeah, no, no. We're they talking fantasy. Score, they don't score touchdowns. This dude kicks nonstop. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. We're talking fantasy here. Justin, Justin Tucker's the best kicker on the planet. There's there's no debate or second thought or any question about that. But it's and from a fantasy perspective, it's Young Way Koo. And it's been Young Way Koo now for more than a calendar year. Take notice because he's a guy that was going undrafted a lot in the preseason. Like, I just, I don't get this. I just want to give him the love he deserves. He's been my number one ranked kicker for like six weeks in a row now. Like you adjust everybody. And here, by the way, a kicker that hasn't been great for you for the most part, like Harrison Butker and Will Lutz. 
It's not been a good year for the top, top tier Zerline. Of this year. Awful. Zerline, who's been inconsistent. Even Justin Tucker hasn't been great fantasy-wise this year. He's great real life-wise, but there is a difference. As we always, we always note on the show, there is a difference. Let me add a quick research note on Matt Ryan because we were just talking about him. And Jake, to your point about him not being a top 10 quarterback, only three times this year has Matt Ryan finished points-wise inside the top 10. They were weeks one, two, and six. He hasn't been inside the top 15 the last four weeks. 28, 26, 17, and 26 were his rankings over the last four weeks. So certainly not getting it done uh, at that position. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you do. Jamie, anything else on your list? Yeah, I got one more up, one more down here. Let's talk. Let's, let, we'll end on a negative note because that's who we are as people. But let's talk about that. a positive for a second here. I'm kind of sort of a little bit buying back into Mike Gisecki. Uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the numbers for those Dolphins guys were, had gone down with Tua. Like, like Devontae Parker is completely irrelevant. And I know, we, I know we got hurt and missed a little bit of the game, but he has been significantly worse from a fantasy perspective with Tua starting versus Ryan Fitzpatrick. Jacecki was kind of in that category too for a while, but he's starting to get used a little bit more in the offense. He had a big game last week. Like, I think he's back into that solid tight end one range into that top 10 spot for me. Uh, I want to hear what your guys' thoughts are because, you know, for me, I, as I've been talking about pretty much all year, yeah, obviously there's, there's Kelsey and then there's like, a canyon and then there's Darren Waller and then another canyon. And then you're getting to everybody else in the tight end spot, whether it's, you know, Andrews who really has bounced back this week and TJ Hawkinson, who's been just the high floor all year, Eric Ebron, when he decides he wants to catch that game has been really good for you. You know, Hunter Henry's had some good games. Gronk's the red zone threat, but like, I think now he's in this conversation now with the Gronks and the Evan Ingrams and the Tunyons and the Hunter Henry's like, I think Jacecki is now back inside of that conversation in that, third tier of tight ends uh, what do you guys think do you trust them anymore if it's more like i'm still hesitant on a week-to-week basis because they're, they're asking Tua to throw a lot more now which was a th- something yeah. they were not asking him to do early no they were not I, if i know he's healthy he got the shit knocked out of another day and that shoulder looked like it was done i thought he broke his arm there for a minute so if he's healthy then yeah because Tua likes getting rid of it quick he's playing in the slot like they told us he was going to earlier in the year he's not really on the line of scrimmage a ton He's actually catching some of these RPOs that they want to run. Uh, and he catches everything. I mean, he's like, if you go to the top 10 catches of the year, I think Jusecki's got three of them. I mean, he's got these one-handed grabs. He's a target monster if he's going to throw it to him. I, 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 as crazy as you are right now at the tight end position, I think you have to at least like it. I don't know if you love it, but you got to like it. I just go back to Belichick, rookie quarterback. The ball's got to go somewhere. Jamie, you know I'm a trends guy, right? And I just look at trends and advanced numbers to help me piece together where I think things are going. Since the bye week for Miami, he came out and Jacecki was tight end 40. He had two targets against the Rams. Since then, he's been in the, it'd been 20 or higher at the end of the week, all but one week. And the last three weeks, he was two, five, and seven. And he's had at least one touchdown in three straight games. He had two against Kansas City. The trends say Mike Jacecki's getting used more. The trends say that since the bye week, he's been at worst tight end 24 by the time the week is over. He has th- four weeks inside the top 15. So I'm in agreement with you guys. It certainly is trending in a direction to where Mike Jacecki is being used more and is somebody you should be looking at. Now, matchup this week, not great. Right, You're playing the New England Patriots, and we know what Bill Belichick does to rookie quarterbacks. But Mike Jacecki is probably going to be that safety option for Tua if things get a little crazy. So uh, I'm on board, Jamie. Uh, be negative now. Go ahead. Okay. 
My last one, and it's going to be a name that might catch you by surprise because this is somebody that I've seen that just gets like auto-ranked in the top 15 and a lot of times in the top 12, uh, and nobody ever thinks of it otherwise. It's Tyler Lockett. Uh, he's ranked outside my top 25 this week since week eight. So since he had that coming off of that monster three-touchdown game, he's the wide receiver 47 in average points per game. He doesn't have many big games in that stretch either. He's got a lot of single-digit outings. Uh, I don't think he's a must-start anymore. He's probably still going to be a guy you put in your flex spot or is going to be in that consideration. But uh, it's, it's so funny because I look around and everybody just has him ranked as a wide receiver one every single week. And, and it's like a lot of times it's like sometimes even ahead of DK Metcalf or within two spots. Uh, look, he always has the chance to get you a 40-point game because we've seen it twice this year, uh, essentially. But – he hasn't done it for a month and a half now. DK is clearly the guy that you want of those two. And again, I think Tyler Lockett now has to be in that consideration with all of your other top flex options. Like, I don't think he's an auto. You put him at wide receiver one or wide receiver two and forget about it. I think you have to start thinking about it over these next couple of weeks. Jamie, I agree, man. I was looking at one of my leagues this morning and I've loved him. He's been solid, but the last month I'm like, damn, I'm not getting enough here. And I got to go big this week. Hopefully Galladay comes back and plays, but if Matt Stafford doesn't play, I don't like that one either. Uh, I think you're going to have to look for other options here. Keenan Allen Thursday night, we need to talk about pulled a hamstring, didn't play as many snaps. It was having a big game last week. I'm not sure that's enough time for him to be. There's some big name guys and Tyler Lockett's one of them. You have to look at and really go. Okay. I I tell this story all the time. A Dr. Roto beat me in the finals a couple years ago of, of that league. And I'm like, it was stuff like that. He sat a guy like Tyler Lockett and played somebody that had been hot the last couple of weeks in a better matchup. And I went with the guys that have been, I've been riding all year, like a guy like Lockett. You're like, no, it's not a great matchup. Washington's defense is playing out of their minds, but it's Tim and Russell Wilson. They're still going to be okay. I don't know that that's the case. I don't know that you got better options, but if you do like Nelson Aguilar probably has a higher ceiling than a guy like Tyler Lockett. If you've got both and you picked up Aguilar in the last three or four weeks, that might be a better play here, depending on are you okay with a eight or nine point floor, or do you need that 20? Because I don't know that Tyler Lockett's going to get you 20. And, and I think that's a good point to bring up because we were talking about this a little bit on, I think it was pre show, maybe it been on the show. I don't remember anymore. Uh, all these days blur together now, but uh, about how you're in a two week playoff, Jake, uh, and, and not yes. just in, not just in the finals, but in the semifinals. And some of you were out there in that situation as well. Like some leagues go to a 14 playoff with two two week matchups. So when you're in that scenario is when these truly start to go, do you need upside or do you need safety kind of conversations start to happen? Uh, because if you've, you're already down 30 points, you can't like uh, you getting a seven or eight point performance out of somebody isn't going to do any, it's, it doesn't move the needle for you. That's worthless. It's basically as good as a two. So at that point you got to shoot for the stars, but yeah, I, I think like right now this week I have guys like I have T Y Hilton over Tyler Lockett. I think the ceiling's higher, especially in that matchup. Um, you know, I, I have him right in this range with a couple of guys that I think have more upside where I have him two spots ahead, but I can also understand if you're going to start a guy like Chase Claypool or even Hollywood Brown, if he decides he wants to catch the ball before the fourth quarter this coming week against the Jags. I mean, uh, if you need that high, high, high upside, if you're like, all right, I, I need to catch up. I need to make up a deficit here. Those guys get really interesting. I have a Curtis Samuel ahead of him. I have Brandon Ayuk ahead of him. Like these, these are the decisions you're going to have to make and not be just, just so reliant on name value. And look, could, could Lockett blow up? Sure, we've seen it before, but we also haven't seen it in a long time. 
Let's play a, a game of trivia here, gentlemen. And Jamie, in, in doing your research about Tyler Lockett, you may know the answer to this. But since the 15 catches for 200 yards and three touchdowns against Arizona, how many times has Tyler Lockett been ranked 10 or higher at the end of the week? None. Yeah, zero. It's once. He was wide receiver 10 the next time he played Arizona, and that's the only other time he's caught a touchdown since that three-touchdown game when he had nine for 67 with one touchdown. He has been outside of the top 10, also outside of the top 20 in every other one of those games. So I think you're spot on, Jamie. It's just not there. It's not trending in that direction. The last three weeks, 42nd, 44th, and 72 wide receiver finish in PPR leagues. He just he's not catching touchdowns. He has one since that three touchdown game against Arizona and he doesn't have a hundred yard receiving game. It's just it's just not trending in that direction. The so only thing on. that gives me pause is what Jamie said about DK Metcalf playing this defense. They want to hand the ball to Chris Carson and go back to the way they used to do instead of let Russ cook. I think they got to let Russ cook to win this game. Yeah. And I think that I know that that defense is smart. That defensive staff is smart enough that we're going to double DK Metcalf. That doesn't always work. That could leave some some matchup areas or some zones for Tyler Lockett, who's now making his living on the inside, moving around in zones, playing a slot guy instead of playing outside where he played most of his career. That's the only thing that gives me pause is it's still Russell Wilson. So if you're going to oh, yeah. look at playing some of these other guys over that, look at who the quarterback's going to be. Like I said, Galladay. I'm not going to play Galladay over him with Chase Daniels. Could still be a big week, but coming off of a hip injury, don't know if he's going to play. But if he does, I don't necessarily love and trust that either. I mean, it's going to be tough, but I would definitely look at, I mean, Derek Carr and Aguilar have some serious chemistry. Oh, yeah. He goes to Aguilar way more than he goes to Ruggs. Um, and I like some of the other ones you mentioned. Aguilar is still com- completely underrated. But for this t- just to put a bow on the Tyler Lockett conversation, I'm not saying you have to bench him. I'm saying you have to think about it this week. And not about benching him, about where his spot in your lineup is. Because he's one of those players that for many people, including in the fantasy community, because I, I look at other people's rankings when I finish mine to kind of see if there are major discrepancies. Because sometimes I miss things. Like I just realized doing the show, uh, in my copy and pasting, I forgot to put Baker Mayfield on my QB list. So I have to go back after the show and, and work Baker Mayfield in. But when I do these checks, I always see Tyler Lockett so freaking high. And I'm sure everybody else does. And it becomes like an auto. Okay, well, he starts every week. He starts every week. He starts every week. All I'm saying is... He's now, because of the way he's played pretty much since week eight, needs to be in that consideration where you have to make a decision. He needs to be on your radar. He needs to be a part of your weekly leading into research where before he was always going to be, yep, he's in. That's all I'm saying. Jamie, what about Keenan Allen? I brought him up. We're talking about Thursday night game. Love the matchup. He's been so good all year at 20 points and only played like three quarters of the snaps the other day with a hamstring. I don't know. I mean, these guys with these hammies, some of them, it's a tweak and they come back and they're okay. But three days, I love the matchup. Like if he's healthy, he might be wide receiver one overall this week against the Raiders. But I don't know, man. I'm scared to death. I got him in two leagues, both in the playoffs. And I'm like, do you play him if he's active? Do I think you trust you the information to. that we're getting out of LA. I think uh, you have to. He's been a guy that I slowly dropped a little bit. Cause when my initial makings came out, he was my wide receiver two for the week. And then I went yeah. same thing that you had said, like, all right, is this going to be a scenario where he's out there, but he plays half the snaps on this? So when I dropped him to four, I'll probably drop him again here, but I, I can't see him unless we get some bad information or bad news or he's missing a ton of practices that are like, eh, we're not sure he's going to play and he's going to be. I doubt he's going to practice all week. He didn't practice. Well, yesterday. no, he's not going to. Yeah. But it's unless there's like, like a let's setback. get treatment and go play. Yeah. 
I, I can't imagine he's going to fall out of my top 10. Like that, that's, I, I can't see him. And, and again, if he was hundred percent healthy, he might've been two. So I think yeah. you got to have, so if he plays, if he, if he's active, you got to, you're playing him. That's what you're saying. This, this Raider secondary is abysmal. Like I, I don't, like I know the numbers show they're just bad and not abysmal. They're abysmal. And that, and I'm scared to death of a Julio net, situation. Like, so like he, here's play, he has like five Julio. catches for 45 yards and then don't play the rest of the game. I have him as, I have him as a wide receiver too, a low end wide receiver too this week. That's kind of where I'm putting him now. I'll see how things progress. I think the Falcons are going to have to throw. They're going to want to throw. They don't want, they don't run the ball at all. I just, he's in again, but he's in that conversation now where he's going to be in that low end wide receiver two spot where you're probably playing him, but you might have other options. It's just, it's tough because the talent's so good, but I, as Are you playing I'm him against Jones me? owner, um, I might, I might have to, the rest of my roster is decimated <laughs> right now. And I'm not adding a ton of players cause we're in the constellation. So I probably will, but it's, I don't feel great about it. All right, let's finish with this. We kind of touched on the game. We'll do a little bit of a quick preview here on a Tuesday, Thursday night football, the chargers and the Raiders, the Raiders are three and a half point favorites. They're going to have a new defensive coordinator because Paul Gunther's out of there, uh, rightfully so, with the way that the defense has been performing this year. Jake, you have concerns about you know Keenan Allen and that hamstring. How do you see this game playing out on Thursday night? I'm going to ride with Derek Carr, man. He's been phenomenal all year. I think he's had one down game, but he's been really good. I like Rod Marinelli taking over that defense, except Rod Marinelli usually means like Tampa 2. I don't think they have the personnel or ready to switch to that, but I do think the game plan will be more conservative, keep more stuff underneath. Um, and I like the fact that the Raiders have gotten it done on offense. I just, this Chargers team is, I know they just won, but like they were, they tried to give another one away to the Falcons who gave it right back to them. So I'm going to ride with the Raiders 27, 23. I think they get it done. Yeah, I'm going to ride with the Raiders as well. I don't feel great about it. Um, I just, I don't like these, these, both these teams are just playing really bad football right now, but Derek Carr is not. Uh, he is playing at a really high level. I'm going to lean to him at, at, to get this in the end. If the Chargers were fully healthy, oh, okay, fully healthy with the guys that they've had last week, um, then I, I say this could be a little bit of a closer game, but uh, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a great feeling on this game whatsoever. Like I would not be surprised if the Chargers go in there and win because oh, Raiders defense just, they keep anybody in the game, but nobody lets teams hang around like the entire organization of the Los Angeles Chargers, just from the coaching to the quarterback right now, the way he's been playing to the defense, to everybody. It just, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with, with Derek Carr and the Raiders at home here with a slight edge, but uh, I would not recommend putting a large bet on this game. All right. That'll do it for us here on the Tuesday edition. Jake, where can everybody follow you on the social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Arians NFL on Instagram. Jamie, same question follow to you. You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And since you can't mute me today because I'm in charge of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. We will be back on Friday. The whole gang will be back together for our live stream, our Friday happy hour, where we answer your questions, start and sit. We go through it all on Friday. So make sure you check that out, uh, our YouTube page at the Draft Network and on the uh, TDN Fantasy social media account. We put it out there as well. Everybody have a great week. We will talk to you on Friday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.